We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. We're brought to you by Indeed and BetOnline.ag. I'm Ricky O'Donnell, as always. I'm here with Jason Pat. Jason, uh, just a quiet, peaceful week going on in the world, in the country (laughs) right now. Uh, Not too much news to report, huh? Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. These, no, these last couple of days have definitely been uh, kind of stressful. Uh, I definitely uh, had quite a bit to drink on Tuesday night. Well, I, was, <laughs> I was trying to avoid, like, I I was, t- I told myself even before that, like, I'd want to avoid the old, the old doom scroll through Twitter. So, like, I was, had, had some drinks, was watching some uh, movies, some TV with the wife, not election coverage. I was trying to stay away. Of course, after a while, like, the wife went to sleep and I had had a little too much to drink. Then that's when the uh, scrolling through Twitter started coming out. And obviously, I've just been kind of following from them. Very, obviously, pretty stressful. It looks like the result is, at least for president, is the one we want. But, yeah, been kind of crazy. And and also now, I mean, in terms of the NBA, there's also some big news coming. It sounds like uh, either tonight or maybe tomorrow, it sounds like the players are going to vote. And po- probably we're going to have a December 22nd start. So, I mean, we're going to have uh, the Bulls will be back in like a month and a half. Obviously, we have the draft coming up in less than two weeks on the 18th, and then there's going to be like free agency right after that. So that, these next couple weeks are going to be absolutely crazy. So just like a lot going on here in the in the world, a lot going on here uh, in the NBA coming up, uh, and then with the Bulls as well. The Bulls also just hired uh, a couple new assistant coaches. Billy Donovan filling out his assistant coaching staff. Uh, we know that Chris Fleming apparently survived the purge from the. Uh, from Jim Boyle and staff. And there was a report, I have to pull this up. There was a guy last week that coming over from Philadelphia, I think his name was like Johnny, I have to pull this up, Johnny Bryan. But the, the news this week was that the Bulls have hired Maurice Cheeks, Mo Cheeks, Chicago guy, and then Josh Longstaff, who was from uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. And then the other guy from from the Sixers, his name, pulling it up right now, is John Bryant, coming over from the Sixers apparently. Uh, we're not totally sure what he's doing, but Mo Cheeks, again, and Josh Longstaff, the big ones. There was a lot of speculation once Billy came over from OKC that Mo Cheeks was going to follow him. Mo Cheeks was there. 
uh, in OKC. All five seasons, he was also there before that for a couple years with uh, Scotty Brooks. Uh, I mean, I've seen Mo Cheeks uh, has been around the game for a long time. Uh, he was a he's a Hall of Fame player. He's been head coach in a few spots. He coached with uh, Portland and Philadelphia. Not m- the most successful head coach, but uh, just been around the game forever. Wealth of knowledge, great guy. It sounds like uh, just getting to connecting with players. Our guy Darnell Mayberry over at the Athletic wrote a nice piece today about uh, Mo Cheeks and just like what he's going to bring to the table in terms of. Uh, just kind of the relationship building, because that's obviously something that's been uh, kind of pushed by this new Bulls regime about just connecting with players and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this article, talk- I totally forgot about how Mo Cheeks, when that little that uh, girl sang the national anthem and completely froze up, Mo Cheeks went out and like sang right next to her. I totally forgot that he did that. Uh, Nick Collison had a quote here from uh, early when, when he was with OKC, uh, just about how good like Mo Cheeks got along with players. So obviously, in certain terms of that hire, you're hoping that he can really connect with this young Bulls team and do all that. So, I mean, I certainly don't have like strong thoughts about Mo Cheeks coming to the Bulls, but again, Chicago guy. Seems like good uh, news, did, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Rapport with Billy Donovan, that's a positive, and just the wealth of experience there. I mean, I feel like that's pretty good. That's pretty solid stuff coming uh, on this coaching staff. And then this uh, this Josh Long staff coming from Mike Budenholzer's staff with the Milwaukee Bucks. He also was a G League coach. For the Hawks, so he was on uh, with Coach Bud there. I think that was a couple years ago. He also had time with the Thunder. Uh, he so he and Mo Cheeks have coached together. Uh, he was a he has a player development background. He he got to start like right out of college as a high school coach, and then he came to the NBA. Uh, spent t- some time with the Thunder. He also spent some time with the New York Knicks, uh, doing some some different stuff. Apparently, he was a close confidant with Kristaps Porzingis. So naturally. If Lowry Markkinen is around, you kind of you're gonna have to assume that maybe he'll work with Lowry Markkinen and work with these with the bull, other Bulls guys. Because one of the big things that uh, one of the big issues uh, with the prior regime was that their player development staff was very small, uh, was not good, and Bulls had issues developing their young talent. So it seems like this uh, this guy Josh Longstaff is going to play a key role uh, in that. So yeah, I mean it seems like it's I mean pretty good news again. Like it's hard to say like oh yeah like great news on assistant coaches like unless they're like some huge name but i mean mo cheeks has been around and this guy this josh longstaff he's young but he's got some great experience already so uh sounds pretty good to me ricky any thoughts on these assistant coaches or any any other thoughts on uh what's just been going on during this crazy week yeah i've mostly been focusing on draft coverage we uh we're gonna talk about the draft more on this podcast i released a mock draft today and we released like a draft hub for all of the sp nation draft content uh, so I, I can't say that I really did too much research on the assistants, uh, but obviously I'm excited to bring in Mo Cheeks. I think that that's going to be really beneficial. I think it's good that they're not just, uh, you know, relying on last year's staff, that they actually like cleaned house besides for Fleming, bring in some new names. I think that this is absolutely going to be beneficial for them. And I totally forgot that Mo Cheeks was the head coach of the f- 2014 Pistons after yes, they signed right. Josh yeah. Smith to like... Yeah. It was a huge contract at the time. I think it might have only still paying been like $60 million, but they're still paying them. Yeah. yeah. So um, he didn't last too long there. I don't actually remember the exact story, but just seeing it on basketball reference. Uh, he didn't make had, it a full season. <laughs> yeah. Recently been a head coach in the league. So uh, all good things, I think. And, uh, you know, it's exciting that the Bulls are now. It's it's It just seems like fully a completely different organization 
from when last season ended. So uh, that's what we had been harping on for so long. I think that's why we started this podcast in a lot of ways. Uh, And we are on to a fresh chapter of Bulls basketball, and that is very exciting. Definitely is. We're we're definitely not changing the name, damn it, but it definitely is nice to like, uh, yeah, breath of fresh air with this new coaching staff, uh, with, with this new regime, who knows how it's going to go, but it, it definitely is exciting. And, uh, and the fact that the bulls will probably be playing basketball again, uh, here like a month and a half or so, right around Christmas time, uh, definitely kind of exciting. They haven't played since March. Was that like March 10th, March 11th, whenever that last game is. So obviously they got to be going crazy. Want to get back out there. I know like some of these other star players, probably like LeBron and guys in the Lakers, maybe some guys on the Heat and those teams that made deep runs. I understand why they wanted maybe a little more of a break because there was negotiations uh, between basically this December 22nd start and then January 18th, which is Martin Luther King Day. But I th- and it kind of it was always kind of clear that once like the league uh, basically presented the players with the financial stuff and all that, that it was probably always going to come back to this right around Christmas start. And I think they're going to play something like 72 games. They, uh, I mean, it's going to be kind of crazy just with everything that's still going on with, uh, with COVID and all that. But uh, again, if, if they get it, if they do get it going, uh, it'll be starting in a month and a half. And uh, that's kind of exciting just for this new era of bulls basketball. It's great for the bulls. I can't imagine being the Lakers or the heat. I mean, the Lakers specifically, <laughs> yeah. LeBron's already been saying he's going to cherry pick the entire regular season until his body can heal. It is such a quick turnaround. And I feel like, uh, you know, Hopefully the top teams aren't going to be too impacted by it because you really just got to get in the tournament. And then from there, it's a whole different ball game. But uh, it it is wild to me that we're going to be playing NBA basketball before Christmas again. Yeah. And also does sound like uh, in terms of this next season and like the play in tournament. I mean, this I think this does impact the Bulls for a team that uh, has obviously not been good, hasn't been the playoffs for years. But it looks like they're going to be going with maybe having a nine and 10 involved. So like the last, the two seeds out, I think for when I saw that they were basically like seven through 10, were going to be involved in some type of play in tournament where like, I think it was seven and eight would play each other. The winner would then get the seven seed. And then I think the eight seed would then play the winner between nine and 10 to get the, to get, and then actually get the eight seed. So that's obviously something that is, will probably be relevant for the bull, may hopefully be relevant for the bulls. Like who knows, maybe they suck again, but uh, if that, like if, in the Eastern conference, especially would, although it should pro- probably be better with, I mean, the Nets should be better. And some of these other teams possibly improving. Like, I mean, I know the Cavs want to be better. The Hawks want to be better. There's some pressure on those teams. So, I mean, a lot of these bad teams at the bottom of the East, Eastern conference, like not really going to be much tanking. I mean, I think tanking in general is almost kind of dead with the new draft stuff, but uh, cer- certainly going to be relevant if they do implement this, the play in tournament stuff. And if that 10 seed, if you just need to get the 10th to, to be alive, uh, I, I was kind of skeptical about that before uh, they did it in the bubble. The bubble, the way it turned out in the bubble, I think almost worked out perfectly because it was just so close and very exciting. Uh, I guess we'll see how it does work out if they do this on a full time basis. Like there might be times where if there are just like terribly awful teams getting in and just kind of shitty. But uh, in terms of this year, especially for the Bulls, like it'll it'll pro- it might come. I don't want to say it will definitely come into play, but it very well could. Yeah, I, it's like before <laughs> we go to the draft and go to free agency and see any of the trades. Uh, it feels too early to like start projecting about that stuff. But yeah. at the same time, uh, it does feel like all of the player movement we've seen the last few off seasons probably isn't going to happen this off season. Uh, there just isn't a marquee free agent class. Uh, and in terms of the, like players who are going to be traded, like Drew Holiday is 
the biggest name who's being like widely rumored to be moved right yeah. now. So in the last few off seasons, we've seen so many of the top guys in the league change teams. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think this year is very much a holding pattern season uh, because then in 21, you're going to get back on the right schedule in terms of when the season starts and ends. Uh, you're going to have a massive free agent class, of course, headlined by Giannis. And I think that, you know, the league probably will return to crazy player movement in the offseason, but just not this year. I think we're pretty much I, I mean, I get, stagnant this year. Yeah, I was, I, maybe I, I think Chris Paul will be traded. Like, I can't imagine the Thunder. Yeah, CP I mean, will be traded. They, That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So it's him, Drew Holiday, and then like maybe Oladipo. Uh, for what's being rumored right now, but, I, but from what Zach Lowe said today, I mean, a lot of teams might be in like wait and see mode with him because he came, when he came back, he just wasn't very good. Uh, like maybe a team like the I know the Heat have been rumored, or I mean the, maybe the Bucks even as well. I know the Bucks have been rumored on CP3. Zach Lowe today said that they really haven't had many talks with either of those teams about Chris Paul or Victor Oladipo. But again, uh, stuff will probably start heating up in the next week because I think once they agree on this new CBA and once the this new like schedule, I think the moratorium to make moves will probably be lifted maybe even this weekend. So maybe we'll start seeing stuff. But yeah, I mean, outside of like those top few teams, like probably not. Like, I mean, I get, because like right now, like Bradley Beal, uh, the Wizards say they don't want to move him even for like high draft picks. I mean, like Devin, there was some weird Devin Booker rumors coming out, but I can't imagine the Suns are trading him after their run in the bubble. Like we'll see, I guess we'll see what happens with like the Sixers and Rockets, but it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like the Sixers want to keep Simmons and Embiid together for now. And I don't think the Rockets are trading Harden yet. Uh, they've been pretty adamant about it. Like, so like I would tend to agree that there won't be anything too crazy this offseason, and that next season offseason will be the craziness, especially with some of these with all this, these financial questions. But uh, I guess we'll see. Like I said, in the next couple of weeks, uh, things should start really picking up. And again, the draft is in two weeks. We will talk about the draft. Ricky just wrote a new mock draft. But first, a quick word from our sponsors, Indeed and Bet Online. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. And Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people and fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time. And there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means you, which means more quality candidates will see it and fast. So try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. This offer is valid through December 31st. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. So head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use that promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
We are back. Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As I teased before the break, we, let's talk a bit more about the draft. Ricky wrote a new mock draft two weeks out over at SBNation.com. Please go check that out. We're going to talk about it right now. Uh, he still has LaMelo Ball at the top of the draft. We'll talk about the Bulls here in a bit, but we're going to start out here with LaMelo Ball, Minnesota Timberwolves. So there's been a lot of talk about LaMelo Ball here in the last like week or two. Kind of a lot, his stock going down, but I don't know if he's had, uh, it sounds like teams maybe haven't been impressed with his interviewing. I know he's got some flaws in his game with his shooting, his defense, and that kind of stuff. Ricky, why uh, do you think his this fall is legitimate? Do you think he actually is going to fall? And why do you still have him number one? I think the fall could definitely be legitimate. I mean, of so right now it seems like there's a clear top three guys. It's LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, the shooting guard from Georgia, James Wiseman, the center from Memphis. Of those three guys, I think Ball is the best player in my personal opinion. Uh, I also think that he is the most likely to fall to the Bulls at number four of the top three. It seems like Wiseman has big fans in Golden State and in Charlotte. I can't imagine him uh, slipping past both those teams. For the Bulls, I think that's an absolute blessing. I would not want to spend a top five pick on James Wiseman. In terms of LaMelo, uh, I think that he is polarizing for a lot of different reasons, but to me, he's the most talented player in the draft. And if he you know, hits his best possible outcome, uh, it's just not hard to see a route where LaMelo is a really good, really impactful NBA player. And like, listen, like, wh- if you're a bad NBA team, what you need is a dynamic creator. And the Timberwolves have D'Angelo Russell, yes. But Russell, I think, is he's definitely not elite as a creator by any means. Like he's more of a scorer. What's sort of nice about Russell is that you could play him off the ball and on the ball. Uh, but to me, it's like if you're the Wolves, unless you have an elite creator, you gotta take the guy who has a chance to become that. And I think that LaMelo does at six seven or six eight. Just unbelievable vision, great creativity. He plays the game in such like unique rhythms. If you've ever watched a full game of Lamelo Ball, it's really weird. He'll take like basically three point floaters, or like you know a step inside the three point line and go into a runner. He has really good touch on those shots, even though they're kind of like ridiculous shots that no one else would or should take. Uh, but to me, just that natural touch leads me to believe that he's probably going to be a pretty good shooter down the line. I also don't think you can discount the fact that. You know, while his shot selection has come under fire, he's just gotten a lot of reps in live games, taking deep pull-up threes off the dribble. Uh, you know, those reps could pay off for his development long-term. So, uh, and you know, when you think about LaMelo's defense, you compare him to Anthony Edwards. Edwards definitely has, like, the better physical tools. I think Edwards is just, like, an elite of an elite athlete. Uh, go into YouTube and type in Anthony Edwards' football highlights. When he was, like... 10, 11 years old in Georgia, which of course is a football crazy state, uh, they thought he was the next Barry Sanders. He ends up sticking with basketball, but he just has so much strength and, you know, quick twitch athleticism. Uh, it does not translate on the defensive end. He has way too many mental lapses. I think LaMelo's defense is going to be far ahead of Edwards' defense, especially early in his career. Now, Edwards can turn it on, as he did in the Michigan State game in the Maui Invitational. When he got super hot offensively, I think he scored 33 in the second half. But his defense was really impressive uh, in that performance as well. Still, I just didn't see the consistent effort out of Edwards on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. So I think LaMelo gives you more defense. He gives you more creation upside. And yeah, that's why I think he's the best player in the draft, why I stuck with him at number one. 
Uh, I think it would be tremendous for the Bulls to get him if he were to somehow slip to number four. I don't know if, let's call it his abrasive personality, would turn uh, Karnaschovas and Eversley off. But uh, to me, like the Bulls need a lead creator. Until they get that, they're not going to be a very good team. And LaMelo and Killian Hayes are the two guys in this class who I think provide the most potential to one day turn into that. I would love LaMelo on the Bulls. If they had the first pick, I would take LaMelo. If he's there at number four, I think that it would be an absolute no-brainer to take him. And so looking at another mock draft, uh, Kevin O'Connor over at the Ringer updated his a couple days ago, and he has LaMelo falling to six with the Bulls passing on him. Uh, his little blurb here says, LaMelo is still on the board, expects Chicago's phones to be buzzing from teams like the Knicks, Pistons, and other play- playmaker-needy teams. The Bulls could also take ball themselves. Uh, then he has the Bulls taking Denny here. We'll talk about Denny in a little bit here, but I mean, would you? Would that just absolutely shock you if LaMelo did fall to four and they either – passed on him totally or didn't trade it and took somebody else at number four? I don't, I can't really say if it would shock me. I mean, I evaluate him as the best player in the draft. So in my opinion, it would just be the wrong move. But uh, also this is definitely a draft class without any sure things. Like LaMelo has extremely legitimate questions. Here's my biggest question with LaMelo for all of the, a lot of bullshit that goes around in the discussion of him. I just wonder, is he going to be able to score efficiently in the half court? Like, I think that's pretty much what it comes down yeah. to. And, you know, I'm less worried about his personality or how he's going to be able to translate to the NBA uh, in terms of, like, you know, being a young guy in a locker room full of veterans. I just worry, how is he going to score efficiently in the half court? And if he can't do that, how valuable will his passing be? At the end of the day, though, I think that he's just too damn talented to fail. So uh, in terms of, like, would it shock me if the Bulls passed on him? I I don't know because we don't really know much about this front office, so they can do anything. Yeah, I wouldn't really be shocked. Uh, and to this point, we're totally flying blind, man. It's like everyone is yeah. sort of putting Denny on the bulls. Uh, when I did my mock draft, I gave him Killian Hayes because my thinking on this was I believe Hayes is both the best player available and the best fit available when I'm doing this mock draft. Uh, if there was actual tangible reporting around the Bulls' interest in Denny, which I don't really think there has been, then I would have bumped him up. But uh, there has been a lot of smoke about the Bulls' interest yeah. in Denny, for sure. But yeah. I wonder how much of it is actually sourced and how much of it is just people being like, well, Karnaschovas wasn't born in America and Denny's not yeah. born in America, so let's put them together. To me, that doesn't really make a ton of sense in terms of logic. Uh but we'll see. I mean, obviously, if Denny is on the board at four, I think that, you know, it would not be an absolute mistake to pick him or anything. Like, I'm not a yeah. huge fan of Denny's game, but I think from a value play, it's certainly uh, it's certainly a, a fine value to take Denny at four, right? Like, that's not something that yeah, like, I would get yeah, bent shape about. And, you know, sort of the the sales pitch on Denny would be, in a draft where there aren't many sure things and there's so many guys with glaring weaknesses in their game, Denny's just like kind of solid across the board, right? Like yeah. he doesn't have a standout skill the way that like LaMelo does or like LaMelo's passing Anthony Edwards athleticism. Uh, you go down the line. I don't think that Denny really has that standout skill, but he doesn't really have any huge holes either. He's pretty big. He plays an aggressive game. Looks like he plays a high IQ game. So uh, yeah, that that is where most of the smoke with the Bulls is right now, and we'll see how it plays out. 
Yeah, I mean, just like looking again at this ringer, like mock, like KOC says, multiple sources have told me in the past week that the hear of Dia could, would be the could be the playmaker of the Bulls' coven. I know there were some previous mock drafts where there was kind of like putting that the international thing together, and when we had John Wasserman on uh, last time, I mean, he kind of talked about how he's heard some stuff about Denny, but you do wonder, like, it's probably not coming from the Bulls. It's probably coming from maybe other teams who've right. kind of maybe talk to the bulls or heard of what the bulls have said. Like I said, there's a lot, definitely a lot of smoke about it. And you do wonder like how much that is like legit or if that's just like what teams assume the bulls would do. You definitely do have to wonder about that. But yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm certainly like, I ha- can't say I've done like extensive scouting of his game. Like I've, I've read about him. Uh, I haven't watched like, su- a ton of film. I know like he hasn't like he's played, like he's shown a lot of improvement, like in the Israeli league with, I think it's at Maccabi Tel Aviv, right? And he yeah. plays for, yeah, and in like the Euro League, he like hasn't played that many minutes, so that's obviously a, a bit stronger against some of those other better teams. Uh, I know, like, if you're trying to like the Luca stuff that we, I think we've talked about this before, like, is asinine. I mean, there's just, he just not even in the same stratosphere. Like, if if you want to like, oh, was Luca has panned out so well? Like, then he's going to be that next guy. Like, absolutely not. Luca was playing for. The, in the second best league in the world for was that Real Madrid, I think, and he was absolutely dominating. He was like the EuroLeague MVP, like just absolutely killing those t- those teams. And teams still thought he, he shouldn't have been number one. He obviously should have been. Denny is not nowhere near Luka Doncic. So like, stop that right now. I totally agree with you that I think I'd be, I'd probably be fine with it. Like he seems like a pretty versatile player. You worry about the shooting coming around in the NBA, but I mean, if anything, having a six eight six nine dude who can pass, who can do thing who can do some of that kind of stuff. That's nice. Like, is he, is that going to be high level enough in the NBA to actually make an impact? Like, I don't know. And if that shooting doesn't come around, like, like what, how good is he actually? I'm not like too familiar with like his defense, all that kind of stuff. But uh, I know I was getting into an argument with some people the other day on Twitter about Denny. Like there was like a huge Denny stand in my mentions. And, but then one of my good friends also hates him, like doesn't want him at all. So was, I was just kind of like in the middle of it. Like, you know, like he'd probably be pretty solid. Like this, uh, in again, in Kevin O'Connor's mock draft, he has shades of Gal- Gallo, Nick Batum, Dario Sarge. Like if the Bulls, like that was, that's obviously not exciting if the Bulls are taking that at number four. But in a draft, like you said, where there's really no sure stars or anything like that, like if you got a guy who ended up being Danilo Gallinari or like a Nicholas Batum who sucks now, but was really good with the Blazers before, like, That'd be a really nice player and a really helpful player. Saric, I think, is a good comparison for Denny. But I think that, you know, and Saric has actually turned himself into a pretty decent shooter. I think Saric hit uh, 36% of his threes last year on 3.6 attempts per game. Saric isn't like a huge impact guy, though. Saric also a much better free throw shooter. He's an 85% free throw shooter, uh, which is a big concern for Denny because he was under 60%. But if you sort the Suns by BPM, which is just... It's not a perfect all-in-one stat, but it's, you know, it's good enough. Uh, Saric was their eighth best player, sorted by BPM. And in terms of win shares, he was fifth. So uh, I don't really, my problem with Denny is that I just don't love the idea of taking him in the top five because I don't think he has super high upside. Like, it's hard for me to project him as... Yeah, a multiple time all star. And that's kind of what you yeah. want if you're picking but, in the top five. But uh, I would not be upset if they took Denny, to be totally honest. There are definitely a few other guys in this draft I would take ahead of him uh, if the Bulls stick at number four. But at the end of the day, I would not be like, you know, fire yeah. Chauvis or anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, I see you have him at number six in your mock draft. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So obviously, like, so a few 
few spots back. I feel like I have seen, I feel like just the hype for him has kind of grown. Uh, I know like Ethan Strauss, the athletic wrote about how like the Warriors really like him and that other like teams everyone. really like him. Yeah. Right. I mean, the Warriors have like, have just been leaking that they love everybody, like literally like 10 different guys. Like they've talked about, like obviously trying to probably play the trade game as well, because they would like to tr- probably trade the number two pick. Uh, so I, I guess using that as a seg- little segue here, back to the back to your mock draft at number two you said we talk about denny you talk about james weissman uh, there's been some smoke about him to the Warriors as well but you have edwards going still to the Warriors number two why why edwards do you think they'll even keep the pick uh i don't know i mean i think this is a draft where everyone wants to trade back right but like yeah when you look at you got to figure out who wants to trade up, though. And then, like, there's not that many teams with multiple picks. Obviously, Boston has three. Boston has 14, 26, and 30. So, you know, you could talk me into the fact that the Bulls should trade back with Boston. But, you know, if you got the second pick, I think it's just going to be tough uh, for another team to, like, go up and get a guy. Now, supposedly, Charlotte really likes Wiseman. Maybe Charlotte wants to do a little 2-3 flip or something. Uh, but I expect the Warriors to be taking a guy, if not at two, then still within, you know, high in the draft. Uh, I gave them Edwards because, well, I just don't like Wiseman as a player. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that Nyeko Okongwu is the best center prospect in this draft. I think that Wiseman is probably the second best center prospect, uh, but he... I don't really see an avenue where he returns value as a top five pick, just given his lack of versatility, right? Like he's not someone who's going to put the ball on the floor, pass it or shoot it. And then defensively, you basically have to play drop coverage with him. And that can be really valuable, right? But uh, I don't view him as being like an Anthony Davis level, all world defender. And that's really what it would take uh, to select him this high in the draft. So I said Edwards because I think that he, this is the best possible landing spot for him. You could probably say that about a lot of different guys because playing with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green just makes the game easier. But especially for him, like Golden State just needs guys who can contribute next year. Their bench is really thin after that top-level star power. And I think that Edwards, you can sort of plug him into the lineup next year, not in a super high usage role. And I do think he can be productive. He's like a really good cutter when he's locked in offensively. He's not going to be someone who you really want to like give him the ball in an isolation or a pick and roll and just let him run your offense. But if you can teach him good habits in a successful team context, like the Warriors have, I think that he could end up being really good. I mean, his athleticism and his ability to get to the rim when he wants to get to the rim is just like really wild. Like there's no one who can put pressure on the rim in this draft class the way Anthony Edwards can. Uh, You sort of, it's, it's a question that we talked about with RJ Barrett last year too, though, right? It's like, can you rewire the way a guy plays the game? And Edwards is not a high IQ player. I think that that is probably the biggest knock against him. Uh, that shows up on both ends of the floor. Is, is the Wiggins comp unfair? Like if they took Edwards, they obviously the Warriors have Wiggins too. Well, Wiggins is taller for sure. I don't think that it's an unfair comp, really. I think that Edwards has more shot making ability than Wiggins ever had, but you know, Wiggins obviously a little bit bigger. Uh, I guess like the real like Wiggins, I would say we sort of don't talk about it anymore, but like. Wiggins is absolutely one of the best athletes in the NBA still. And I think that Edwards is going to be one of the best athletes in the NBA when he comes. Uh, To me, like if you're the Warriors, you probably want to move off Wiggins. Like the Warriors did that Russell trade so that they could get the draft picks. So uh, 
I think that Edwards probably fits best there. And if he doesn't go there, I see him going to Charlotte. I don't really see a scenario where Edwards is still on the board for the Bulls at four. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, what was I going to say? About, oh, the, the, speaking of the Warriors, still, I guess, uh, bring back to the Bulls. I know Zach Lowe in his big offseason preview column today. Really, the only Bulls mentioned was talking about, which, and I think we talked about this on a recent pod about the Bulls. He, how he was intrigued by a possible like Bulls Warriors four two swap and like including uh, Lowry or Wendell Carter Jr. I cannot forget what I feel like we both agreed that they should not do something like that right like that'd be a bit much to move up two spots in this draft. Uh, I would not do that because I view Killian Hayes as being one of the best yeah. players and he's going to be available at four. I think that like maybe there's a scenario where you do a four two swap and you don't give up Lowry or Wendell. Like I think that like Thad Young or Sato would be really possibly impactful for the Warriors next year just because they're gonna be trying to win the championship. Yep. You need a good bench. I know that Thad and Sato didn't have good years last season with the Bulls. Also they were playing under Jim Boyle and also they were playing in John <laughs> Paxson's franchise. So what the hell do you expect? <laughs> so if I'm Golden State, like that would be decent value if you could make the salaries work out. You pick up two role players who can I mean the Warriors right now. The war the Warriors if they really wanted to could just take them one of either of those guys into that uh into that trade exception they have. It's over $17 million. I don't know if they, if that there have been rumors that they do not want to pay the, all that extra luxury tax unless they're getting like a legitimate, like impact player. So like that, they might want to send something back. Um, so I, I'm not totally sure, but like if they actually were willing to just like spend gobs of money, it could literally just be the pick swaps. And then the, one of the, one of those two players into that trade exception and it would technically work. Uh, I know like we've also like mentioned like bringing up like Otto Porter, but then you'd probably have to take back Wiggins. And in that case, I feel like that's the bull that should be like a non-starter, right? Bulls should absolutely want no part of. Yeah. And the Warriors should want Otto Porter. Like, right. Yeah. That's a no brainer. Like Otto Porter would be amazing for them. So can you make this a three team deal where the Bulls can flip Wiggins to someone else? Will anyone take Wiggins (laughs) at this point? I don't know. Uh, Never forget that Wiggins when Glenn Taylor, the Wolves owner, offered him that contract, he made him shake his hand and yes. promise to try harder. One of the all-time funniest NBA anecdotes. Also, it's probably kind of BS on Taylor's part. Like, what do you do? Yeah. It's, it's that's such boomer stuff right there. But, uh, yeah, probably never a good thing to give a guy a max contract, which I think Wiggins has, when you have to yeah, ask him to shake your hand in your eye and say he's going to try harder. <laughs> Not not good. Yeah, and Porter Porter will be it'll be interesting to see what the Bulls do without a Porter. I wrote something about this at Forbes recently. Just like I've twenty eight million dollars. He's a good player when healthy. When if you looked at Seth Partnow's uh, at like the tiers he did, the Athletic Auto Porter graded out as the Bulls' best player on that. Obviously, the injury problems when he's been on the floor for the Bulls, like their on coordinate rating has been really solid. So like he can still make an impact when he's healthy, but you just don't know about his health. So like I'm curious to see like if they assuming he does opt in, which I feel like he'd be crazy not to. Uh, like I can't see who would be giving him a long term deal. It should, certainly should not be the Bulls this offseason. Uh, if they try to use him to in some type of trade, or if they're just fine kind of rolling with him as their starting small forward. Uh, I know I was reading, and I've I've almost might talk myself into possibly using Otto Porter in the Chris Paul trade. I I, I, go, I feel like I go back and forth on uh, possibly trading for Chris Paul. Obviously, Otto Porter would have to be involved with that. Um, 
really, really quick before we wrap up here, what would you think of? I think we've talked about this before. What would you think about like saying like, uh, say, uh, Otto Porter, another, you'll need some more salaries so than maybe like sad or young. And then like a future protected first round. But this was something our guy, Mark from Bulls HQ also was kind of really pushing for. What would you think about something like that? And do you, would you think the Thunder would even go for that? Uh, I just feel like like CP3 was amazing last year. He was he's still yeah. one of the best players in the league, to be clear. But like, what are you really hoping to accomplish by getting him? Like, I don't really see a scenario where the Bulls can get CP3 and then build a championship contending team around him before he starts to fall off. Because right. I think I think a- the idea I think yeah I think the idea would be like you get him, you become competent, you become more attractive, you help yeah. build up the value of your younger players. And then you kind of hope that you're that you can then maybe bring in you either use that building of value to bring in to make another trade for a, for a younger star or like then your team is more attractive to another star to come in. So, so I think that just basically just getting your team back to like competent and attractive again, uh, maybe a playoff team, and then you kind of go from there. But again, yeah, I mean, CP3 is old. Like he it could easily backfire. He could get hurt. I mean, he's had injury problems. It, it, Maybe you're still just super mediocre and it doesn't work out. And then he still has that huge player option for 2021. Uh, so I definitely see both sides of it. Like I've talked myself into it at times and then other times it's like, I'm not sure, but it would at least be very interesting. I, he would make the bulls a lot better if he was healthy for at least next, for how for next season, at least. Yeah, absolutely. I know Kevin Farragan, NBA couch side on Twitter. He's been pushing for a CP three deal too. Kevin wants them to swing trades for CP three and Rudy go cool. there. Yeah. I saw uh, that yeah. going into next season. So I always love Kevin's uh, creative thinking on that and uh, individual thinking, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not as into it as some people are. Uh, Certainly, though, if it happened, it would be exciting and would really give us a lot of stuff to talk about throughout the next season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess let's ra- let's wrap up here. I have actually, one more draft thing from this mock dra- from your mock draft. Uh, apparently, Darnell Mayberry. I think he did a uh, a chat the other day at the Athletic, and he brought up he thinks the Bulls are taking Denny or Isaac. Isaac Okoro. We've talked about Okoro a bit. You have him down at eleven, and I'm assuming it's because you're worried about his offense and his jump shot coming through. Uh, do you think there's would I get any chance? You think the Bulls would take a Coro at four? Do you think that'd be maybe a trade back candidate if they? Actually I love Coro. I would totally take Coro okay. at four. I think that he is like him and Vassell are two guys who I would probably prefer over Denny. So Killian would be my first guy, and then I like Coro and Vassell. Uh, I don't I think that like if you want him and you can't find like a perfect trade back, like it's very possible that if you try to trade back with the Knicks, let's say, that Okoro's off the board. So yeah. uh if you really want Okoro, I would say just take him. But like if you like let's say Lamelo's still on the board, the Knicks are offering you eight and twenty-seven, the Knicks want to jump up to get Lamelo. I personally, if I'm the Bulls, would just take Lamelo. Uh, and if the Bulls really want a Coro, I would be too worried that Cleveland or Atlanta is going to take him. Like, there's a ton yeah. of rumors right now that Cleveland loves a Coro. I still had them taking Obi Toppin, but I was really close to putting a Coro at five. So I don't think it would be a stretch at all. I do think that a Coro would be 
uh, a very legitimate pick for the Bulls, and I would be really excited about it if they took him because he is a absolute stud defensively. Uh, he can do it all defensively. I mean, he can be your lockdown guy at the point of attack. He's amazing in terms of his rotations and his help defense, and then he can even like wall up at the rim, even though he's not that big. I think he's only six six or six seven. I'd like to see a wingspan measurement on him, but he's just built like a tank. And then his offense, the thing is, he can't shoot at all. He's a total not shooter. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe you can build that up. He does right. have one really strong offensive skill, though, and it's that he gets to the foul line a lot. So to me, like that's a terrific skill and something that you could definitely start to uh, you know develop with him and see his avenues to being a useful offensive player, even though his jump shot is weak. Hopefully the jump shot develops along with the rest of it. And if that happens... I sort of see a scenario where, like, let's say a Coro hits his best possible outcome. Not many guys really do that, right? I would say that Kawhi did it. I would say that Jimmy Butler did it. Like, they Jimmy, yeah. could not have been any better than they turned out to be, right? They right. <laughs> maximized every single ounce of potential in their game. If that were to happen with a Coro, I feel like he could easily be the best player in the draft. In the only other, like, you know... You could make a case for Ball and Edwards, but I mean, the fully weaponized version of Okoro, where he is at least a decent threat on catch and shoot, and he's just a monster getting to the rim, and he's insane defensively, absolutely worthy of a top five pick. So at that point, it's on the Bulls to develop him. Yep, for sure. All right, nice. Uh, Obviously, again, draft in two weeks. We will probably do at least one more pod where we will do like an official draft preview. Uh, I don't know how much more we really have to say. We'll probably bring in a, maybe get another guest for that. But again, that's uh, November 18th, the draft. Well, if there's anything else that happens, again, like with the, the league, it looks like they will be voting tonight or tomorrow to for official coming back. We'll have the draft. We'll then have free agency right after that. We'll have training camp in like less than a month uh we'll see if any moves happen in the next any trades because i think like this like i said that trade stuff might kind of open up in the next week or so so if anything does happen with the bulls we'll be here to talk about it uh but besides that we're obviously laser focused on the draft that coming up in two weeks so uh as always for us here at cash consideration shout out to the blue wire network shout out to our sponsors indeed and bet online go check out all the other great podcasts across the blue wire network we've got so many and with the NBA coming back already, you'll and with all this stuff happening, you'll absolutely want to go check out all those other great podcasts. Uh, for us, obviously, rate and review us. Let us know how we're doing. You know, we're, you, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, leave us those great ratings on uh, iTunes, wherever you listen to your pods. So for us, it's Jason Ricky at Cash Considerations. We'll talk to you guys next time. Take it easy. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.